0: chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You're in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. Oh, praise God. Calvary Baptist Church, is 55. Glory! The celebration is under the theme, Rooted in Christ for Greater Impact, Daniel 1132. Sunday, 12th November, official launch of the anniversary across all campuses and services, attire, and anniversary T-shirt. Friday, 24th November, family all online service at Shashi Campus, Starting at 9 p.m. Saturday, 25th of November, a drama by Uncle Abel White titled Husband Material 7 Yards staging at Shashi Campus at 5 p.m. The rate is a cool 50 Ghana cities per person. Friday, 1st December, family fun games at Shashi Campus from 9 a.m. Please come in your anniversary t-shirt. Saturday, 2nd December, Sankofa family worship on Shashi campus starting at 5 p.m. Then on Sunday, 17th December, is the climax of the celebrations. There's a joint service on Shashi campus starting at 9 a.m. Save the dates and don't miss out. Calvary at 55, rooted for greater impact.
1: We continue our study in the book of the Psalms. Today we'll be looking at Psalm 2. But before we do that, let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we thank you. We love you because you first loved us. What a God you are. And you tell us everything we ought to know about you, about ourselves, and your world. We pray that the words we speak will be words from you to us that will help us to live for you. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. We'll be looking at the whole of Psalm 2. It's a very short Psalm, but I'll read from verse 1 to 6. Psalm 2. Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time in futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in their anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I've placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem, on my holy mountain. The Lord bless the reading interpretation and application of his word to our hearts in Jesus name amen beloved this is a very very important psalm and students of the bible who read the bible they are familiar the psalm is familiar to students of the new testament by virtue of its relevance to Jesus Christ we we'll see some parts that talk as if they're talking about Jesus Christ even though written long 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 before he was born the passage is about royalty that the davidic kingdom the kings used to just find their place in the scheme of god its contents describe a celebration at the coronation despite opposition by rebellious people in surrounding territories david kept conquering 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 and when he conquered some people will be angry. But whatever it is, they will reign. You will reign. You become the king. It's like modern day politics. When there's party politics, whether there are two parties or ten parties or twelve parties, somebody will win. And when that person wins, by the free, fair, democratic principles, the person is installed as the king or as the president. Whether they rest like it or not, the person will be installed. Even in bad cases of coup d'etat, when somebody sees his power, whether the rest like it or not, once they are able to pronounce some decrees and do something, they become the ruler of that nation. So, what we learn here is that the psalmist describe this celebration despite opposition by rebellious people or people who do not accept the king, that it doesn't really matter. The psalmist exhaust the pagan nations and those who are who are opposing the king to abandon their rebellious plans against the Lord and His anointed, and submit to the authority of the King of Kings and as the Lord of Lords, who is ordained, who is ordained to rule the nations, just like that king or just like that president, had been ordained and had become the ruler of the nation. So let's look at the psalm bit by bit and see the four movements that the psalmist is telling us about here. psalmist is talking about the folly or the foolishness of human beings in opposing God. How do we see it? We see first the ambition that human beings have, human rulers have when they come to the throne, they exhibit an ambition. We see what it is like, but we see the response of the Almighty God. What does he feel about this attitude? Dead, we see plan that God has for the world. And the last, but not least, we see God's warning for the people of the earth, the rebellious people, the rebellious nations to just come and bow before him and acknowledge him So that they can be the best. He wants them to be. So you see the ambition. You see God. Has given us this world, And in the world. He has given us so many. Resources. People have the sea. It's a big resource. They have rivers. Big resource. They have minerals. Gold, diamond. They have human beings. All of them. None of them. Are made by any human being. But when they have all these things, and sometimes they hear the people of God or the preachers encouraging them to worship God and acknowledge that God is the one who owns all these things, that they are stewards, then they become angry. So their ambition is that they want to be known as the owners of this country, they own this little piece of geography. They are the king of England, the king of Ghana, the king of Kodiwa, the king of even their villages. So he's asking, what is this? Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with their foolish plans? And what are the foolish plans? See, history is filled with men who oppose God. Look at the pharaohs. He thought he was the king. He opposed Moses. Let my people go. He will not listen. We have the Nebuchadnezzar, we have the Belshazzars, we have the Herods, we have the communist countries where people just opposed. They didn't want to have anything, anything about this God. And sometimes they even persecute those who are Christians by things that they say and do. So let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. We don't want to hear about anything that talks about God. So they kill pastors, they kill missionaries, they have policies. Against witnessing, there are policies against so called proselytizing, there are policies that alienate people because they don't want to hear anything about God. They themselves, the rulers, finally think that they are God themselves. They are not human beings. In the Bible, read about this herald. One day, they were hailing him as a man who is not man, but really is God. He fell down, he died. And he was eaten up by worms. Today, we still see great kings, great monarchs, great queens. Before you know what, they are gone. You may have statues to remind us of how great they were, but they are gone. And that's the fact. So when they do all these things, so what does the Almighty say? Verses 4 to 6. say, but the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. For the Lord declares, I have chosen my king on the throne in Jerusalem, my holy mountain. Friends, when nations are doing this, when people are boasting, when somebody has been made a managing director or a politician and they are boasting, one thing they forget is that there is an almighty God who has given them even the gift of life. So when they are boasting like that, it says, but the one who rules in heaven, the Lord scoffs at them. God is amused at human plans. Who is man that they think that he doesn't need God? Who is man who thinks today, I'll get up and I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll be this and that. God looks and he laughs. Because when the Almighty has a plan and you are not following that plan, he can choose to punish you. That's why it says in verse 5 then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. When God is furious, he can cause all men and women to bow before him. And they have to bow, whether it is sickness, or disaster, or calamity, they will bow. They will bow. All men must bow before God. That is God's plan. And His own plan is this. That there is a chosen king. God made this world. God has a plan for the nations. God has a plan for the world. If you are a student of astronomy, you know there are many, many, many moons, suns, stars, and planets. So the earth in which we are is just one of those tiny, tiny, tiny ones. So why we people on earth always think that we are the ones, we are the best, we are the only ones? It amuses God. So, he says that look, I have a plan for the world. The Lord declares in verse 6, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Jerusalem on my holy mountain. Here there is a promise of a coming Messiah. The prophets often spoke of the coming of the Messiah. The Lord says, this is the king of my choice. And I have enthroned him in Jerusalem, my holy city. I will not go into the geopolitics of it. But what that he says is that God has a plan for this world. As I said earlier, a king may be chosen. A president may be chosen. Somebody may be chosen Or they may even stay a coup d'etat and choose to come to office. If you choose not to obey them, not to acknowledge them, you may do so to your own peril. But the terrifying thing is that if you choose to act against that power, you are the one who will ultimately suffer. Or as they say, during those days when we were growing up in the so-called revolutionary days, you will begin to see that people have the power to put you in prison. Some have run away from their countries. Some have gone to prison and stayed for a very long time. Some, even their families, have been destroyed because they acted against whoever was in power. So God warns you that he is the king of kings. He has a final say. So beware, you cannot as a human being act against God. Sometimes you do something wrong, either by your bribery, your corruption, your sin, not even according to the will of God. And then in your dream, He scares you. You have a dream that you are dead, or lions are eating you, or something is chasing you. And you get up and you kneel down and say, God, forgive me, God, forgive me. These are ways the Lord shows you that is displeased with you. And will you change? Will you turn from your evil ways? You are living a lifestyle, taking somebody's wife, taking somebody's money. Because you have power. You are diverting some money. You are stashing money away somewhere. You are killing people. You are destroying them. You are, you, are, you are not providing the medication people need for their health. You are doing the wrong thing. You are spending lavishly on yourself and your family and friends. And people made in the image of God, they are complaining. As the Bible says, they are groaning and groaning and groaning. And every groaning is like prayer to God. And God is saying, look, ah, (laughs) I am displeased with you. I have a plan. You are only here temporarily. I'm only testing you. Verse 5. Then in anger, he rebukes them, terrifying them with his fierce fury. Are you surprised that there are many people who do all the wrong things? They think they are getting away with them. And when the time comes, Have nothing, nothing, nothing to show for it. So the psalmist is saying, It is futile, man, woman, it is futile not to fall in line to worship God. Then he goes on, What should be the attitude? The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son, today I become your father. Only ask, and I'll give you the nations as your heritage, the whole earth. As your possession, you break them with an iron rod and smash them and smash them. The prophecy here, and that's why we say this psalm has a prophetic angle. And what is it saying? That it is only God who is eternal. Christ's birth was prophesied many, many years before his incarnation. So anybody who comes and is on the throne, anybody who comes, as a king. Anybody who is in this world, you are in this world by the permission and authority of God. He's the one who sent you here. And he says, there's a time when somebody will rule. He told that person, only ask and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the whole earth as your possession. Friends, look at it. There are times People think that they own the world because they have a few houses, a few cars, they have money in their bank account, but it is only a tiny fraction of what you have that you cannot even take away. You can only live in a six-foot grave, or if you like, you can make your grave as big as a skyscraper. It is only there, and you are dead. But it says, only ask me, and I will give you the earth as your possession. The whole earth as your possession. How can you own the whole earth? You cannot. It is only God who owns it. And he has made that promise to somebody. As we find in Revelation chapter 11 verse 15. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. And there were loud voices shouting in heaven. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he will reign forever and ever and ever. Only Christ is to reign forever and ever and ever. So, you know, that popular song, and I'm not about to sing it, but, but you know, God gives us messages, even through songs, through people who may not think that they are preaching. So do you know your level? Your level is that you are here today, tomorrow you are gone. So whatever position you have, beware. That attitude of pride will not help you. Power will not help you. You may think you have power, but look at what it says in verse 9. You will break them with an iron rod and smash them like pots of clay. Have you ever seen a pot of clay? You are cherishing this bowl, this pyrex, this glass, and suddenly it falls from your hand. What does it do? It breaks. As human beings, you are knocked down by a car, Knocked down by COVID, and you are destroyed. The best proof of God's word is the fulfillment of these things in the lives of the mighty, of the powerful, that they do not own everything. They do not own time, they do not own life, they do not own their house health base, they do not own nations. They can steal and stack anything they want to stack away. But the time comes when. They will go. So, what is the warning? What should be the attitude of people? Remember, we are looking at Psalm two, and the Psalm two is talking about man's folly, the foolishness of human beings, as if they are blindfolded because they have position, they have power, they have life now. They are so ambitious. They have no regard for God. Do not obey God's laws. They trample on people. They are not kind to each other, not kind to the poor and the needy. They will not serve God with their gifts, their talent. They amass everything for themselves. The Lord is saying, only do all of these things. Remember, you are only here. The world is unknown to you. A time will come when you go. And when I say come, you'll go. So take note. Take note. Be wise. Word to the wise is enough. But look at verses 10. 12 of Psalm 2. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flesh up in an instant but wipe joy For all who take refuge in Him. Hallelujah. The psalmist is telling us the end of the story. What we need to pay attention to. So He gives us a warning. He shows us the way. He tells us what is wrong. But above all He tells you what is right. The warning is this. Listen. Listen. Change your way. Change your living style. Are you going the wrong direction? Repent. Repentance means... You turn your mind. You change your mind. You are going a certain direction. You are going to the north. And really what you want to do is to go to the south. So you change and go to the opposite direction. Listen. Change whilst you have life. Whatever you are doing, the Lord is telling you it is wrong. People are telling you it is wrong. In your dream, you know it is wrong. In your waking hours, you know it is wrong. Can you change and ask God, God to help you? Now, that is what we call repentance. Change when there's time to repent. Now then, you kings, act wisely. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. God certainly, God certainly loves you so much that he doesn't want you to be destroyed. So he gives you warning, warning, warning Now, when you're going to the traffic light, they tell you, look, yellow light means be careful Go a red light will come. When you're crossing, maybe you may be in trouble. Yes, somebody's blowing the horn telling you, watch it, I'm coming, so beware, the train is coming. So there are many, many warning signs in this life, and God has given you his conscience, the Bible, preachers, teachers to warn you. Are you listening to the warning of God? Then he goes on verse 11. Note the two-fold way. Serve the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling. Serve the Lord with reverence and respect. (laughs) Worship God with reverence. Some people behave as if God is their classmate. They know everything about God. God is a formula, and they can talk. The Lord, I command you, I do this, I do that. No, you don't do that to even the king, even the animals in your house. When you ask them to do something, they may not do it. God made heaven and earth. He gave you life. So have reverence for God. Use language to worship God, have reverence for God, but also have respect for God. Yes, and those in authority have reverence for them. Yes, but then you also should rejoice in the Lord. See, when we reverence and respect God, rejoicing will follow. When you do the will of God, when you you are pleasing to God, rejoicing will follow. Joy comes from the heart. Joy comes from knowing that God is happy with you. People may not understand you. They may not like you. But because you have done the will of God, you rejoice. Remember the one time we read this story in the book of Acts. It was so interesting. The disciples after the death of Christ were witnessing, were witnessing. And they asked them to stop witnessing. And they said, how can we stop witnessing about the love of Christ? About the ability of Christ to save us? About the transforming power of God in our lives. And they continued. So one time they caught this big man and whipped them. And the Bible says they went around rejoicing that they have been found worthy to be beaten for the Lord. They did a writing for the Lord. So the standard is, is God happy with me? I have reverence for God. So he said, judge for yourself whether it is better to do what you want us to do as human beings. Or it is better for us to do what God wants us to do. So, that is it. He said, the right thing is have reverence and respect for God. And that will be followed by rejoicing. But if you choose the wrong thing. If you do not submit to the royal son. And he becomes angry. Verse 12. Submit to God's royal son. Or he will become angry. And you will be destroyed in the midst of all your activities. For his anger flares up in an instant. His anger can flare up in an instant. My dear friend, time is not on your side. Look at some of the disasters that have happened in the world. They have been so catastrophic. Sometimes the weatherman is only able to, to record and say, It will rain. What is, he, what is he able to do with the rain? Sometimes they are able to say, It may not rain who have drought, what are they able to do? About the drought, they will not be able to do anything apart from predicting it. And sometimes these things happen for God to show us that He is the one who has absolute control over everything. So, the lesson, don't put to tomorrow what you can do today. Particularly if it has to do with your love for God, your repentance from sin, You're doing the right things that God wants you to do. Remember, the psalmist is talking about the foolishness of human beings. Human beings think that we always have time. We always have time. But then he tells you in the last part of it, the last one, that if you give your life to him, but what joy comes to those who take refuge in him? What joy comes to those who take refuge in him? I'm just thinking about the Lord Jesus Christ himself. When eventually they crucified him on the cross. He could only shout and say, Father into your hands I commit my spirit. It is done. It is done. It is done. As a pastor, we see many people who are the verge of death. And for the saints, whether it is through sickness or trials or accident, you... You, you come to that feeling that this person has gone home because they have made their peace with God. Families will come and say, Oh, he knew the Lord. She knew the Lord. And they know whether it is true or not. Some people make all kind, they pay all kinds of lip service to the Lord. But you know, the person himself will know whether they have made their peace with God or not. It is not too late. The thief on the cross... Had the testimony of Jesus Christ. He had him saying all those things and he said, Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. Why? Because he was sorry for his sins. He saw that Jesus was a good man who was being crucified, not for himself, but for the sins of the world. So let me give you two keys to this. If we are living a foolish life, by the definition that we study today, You claim you know God. You don't respect Him. You don't even care about Him. I will ask you to repent. Say, Lord, forgive my sins. I will tend to you all the days of my life. And forgive me where I have gone wrong. Yes, that's the first one. Repent. Ask to forgive me. But the second one. In order to live as a wise person. Knowing that there is a king. There is an appointed time. It is only Christ who will rule forever and ever. Can you rededicate yourself to him? Say, Lord, I will obey you. Lord, I will live for you. Lord, help me to do your will. Fill me with your spirit. Let me continue to be anointed servant through thick and thin. Let me love you and serve you all the days of my life. And I promise you, this story, your story, will be a different story because the Lord will be happy with you and he will reward you when he comes. And many who see the light, because they'll see the light in you, and the difference you make, and they'll follow you. Let that be your story. It is not all who are foolish, but there are still wise people who live today, and the wise are the ones who choose according to the standards of God. That's what I wish for you, at home, at work, in your thinking, in your labor, in your prosperity, in your progress, even in your sickness, and trials and suffering, the Lord's light will shine through you. Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Oh, praise God! Calvary Baptist Church is 55. Glory! The celebration is under the theme Rooted in Christ for Greater Impact. Daniel 1132. Sunday, 12th November, official launch of the anniversary across all campuses and services, attire, anniversary t-shirt friday 24th november family all night service at shashi campus starting at 9 p.m saturday 25th november a drama by uncle abel white titled husband material seven yards staging at shashi campus at 5 p.m the rate is a cool 50 ghana cities per person friday first december Family fun games at Shashi Campus from 9 a.m. Please come in your anniversary t shirts. Saturday, 2nd December, Sankofa family worship on Shashi Campus starting at 5 p.m. Then on Sunday, 17th December, is the climax of the celebrations. There's a joint service on Shashi Campus starting at 9 a.m. Save the dates and don't miss out. Calvary at 55, rooted for greater impact.